0: Hey, moms. Welcome to How to Start Homeschooling Without Getting Overwhelmed. I am so excited about this. If you don't know me already, I am Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, and nana to six. I'm also a 24-year veteran homeschooling mom, and we are about to graduate our seventh, so wow. the finish line is in sight. <laughs> Um, But when we decided to homeschool 30 years ago, because when we got married is when we decided we were going to homeschool our kids even before we had any, um, there was no internet And our options were far more limited. And honestly, I really feel like that made things much simpler in so many ways. Um, Parents today who are considering homeschooling can easily become overwhelmed by all the information out there. And that is why I thought it was a really uh, important thing to offer this resource to help parents prioritize their steps as they consider homeschooling. So I want to mention... um, Real quickly, my simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling called The Unhurried Homeschooler. <laughs> because. I Thank you, because it's not overwhelming, and it will help you take a step back and think about what's really important, Um, because at the end of the day, we want to do what's best for our kids. Um, We want to prepare them not just for graduation, but for life. Um, So you can go to Amazon and check that out, um, The Unhurried Homeschooler. It's also, uh, I'll include a link to it in my podcast notes. Now, some of you um, haven't done school at home until the quarantine. And this is another reason that I wanted to offer this conversation because you need to understand that distance learning is not the same thing as homeschooling. Um, Actually, I think it's often far more stressful in so many ways um, than choosing to homeschool. So when we homeschool, we get to fine-tune our kids' learning um, to what works best for them. We can arrange their days to give them an opportunity to be kids, to experience a healthy childhood, and to learn things as they are ready. So I'm, I'm just going to be honest. Um, our family's homeschooling was very simple. Now, I'm a huge fan of encouraging lifelong learning by being consistent with the basics and giving them time and space to explore their interests. So. We all know kids are curious uh, by nature and very adept at learning so many things on their own. So our days with our family were a combination of directed and self-directed learning. Um, That looked a little different each day, and there was no perfect day. Let me tell you, in all those years, there's never been one perfect homeschooling day. Um, But every day looked different, and I think it looked not like a lot of people might imagine. Um, It was natural. It was relaxed. It was fun for the most part. And we taught a lot through just practical everyday life. Um, Like I said, it was not perfect, but it was a great fit for our family. And that is key right there. So every family is going to walk out their homeschooling journey differently. um, And the kids can all turn out great. John Taylor Gatto said there are as many ways to educate as there are fingerprints. God has a plan and a purpose for each one of our kids. And since he is such a creative God, it makes sense that our children will be unique. Each one of them, I have eight and none of them are exactly alike. It also makes sense that a one size fits all approach isn't a good way to raise kids or educate them. You don't have to be an expert in education or uh, an expert on other people's kids. You simply need to be an expert on your kids. So it's a commonly accepted fact that if someone spends 10,000 hours on something, they are considered an expert. Guess what? By the time your child is six years old, you will have spent an average of 16,000 hours with them. That makes you an expert on your child. So with that in mind, I want to introduce another mentoring mom who is here to share with you her wisdom and expertise. And let me tell you, she's got the creds. Okay, are you ready for this? (laughs) Uh, Vicki Bentley is the mother of eight daughters. She's a foster mom of over 50. A grandma to 23, wonderful grandbabies so far, and a great grandma to five. Vicki has homeschooled 17 children alongside her husband, Jim, and has been in support group leadership since 1991. She has served a, um, on the executive board and convention committee of the Home Educators Association of Virginia and has addressed state and national conventions, university teacher organizations, and many mothers groups. She's the author of My Homeschool Planner, Everyday Cooking, The Everyday Family Chore System, I'm liking that, Home Education 101, a mentoring program for new homeschoolers, High School 101. One Blueprint for Success and Other Homeschool and Homemaking Helps. She also coordinates Homeschool Legal Defense Association's Toddlers to Tweens programs, as well as their group services. She has a heart for parents, especially moms, with practical wisdom and encouraging words. Thank you, Vicki, for being here. I'm so
1: grateful. Well, thanks, Dorinda, for having me. I'm excited to be here and to encourage these new moms. So,
0: well, I I want to dive right in here because I, you know, as I mentioned before we even started recording, um, you know, for a mom or a family of parents who are thinking about homeschooling um, it can be so overwhelming and you know while we want to step back like we do in my book and talk about um you know kind of the big picture and what do we feel like god wants for our kids what do we want for our kids you know when it's all said and done um at some point we have to start taking steps actual action steps and um, Those are kind of the things that you're going to be sharing today, and so I'm excited for you to kind of dive into that. I I think I would like to preface this, and I know you'll totally agree with me, that we bathe everything in prayer. You know, as believers, we have, um, you know, we have this God who created our kids, and— Um, He knows them even better than we do. He has a plan and a purpose for them. So it makes sense that since we have this direct line to the creator of our kids, that we should be going to Him and asking Him what He wants for our kids and and have Him give us, um, ask Him to give us a vision. You know, what does He want? We need to be thinking about... uh, the end in mind you know we're, we're homeschooling we're starting but we're starting uh, with the end in mind what do we want for our kids what kind of people do we want them to be and so we're going to bathe everything in prayer and ask for the lord's direction but then what are we going to do share with us
1: sure and i apologize that little good. my power went out just a second ago you <gasps> know i thought oh, i <laughs> <laughs> so if you saw me looking panicked, that was why. So I saw
0: that and I saw it kind of go dark and I thought, oh, <laughs> yes, the power went out and it came back on. So
1: thank you, Lord. Oh, okay. um, well, I just want to encourage us. First of all, I know this is really overwhelming. I remember when I started homeschooling and I'll get to your question in a second, but I remember when I started homeschooling um, back in the eighties and I had I knew one lady a couple of states over who homeschooled. That was back before Abeka would even sell to us. And oh, so wow. she had, she had a contraband kindergarten book underneath the stroller and she would pull it out and show it to me. And so when I did start homeschooling, I ordered material from the back of a Christian Women's magazine. I got a correspondence package and when that box came, I sat in the middle of my kitchen floor and I just cried. I was mm-hmm. so overwhelmed. So I know what it feels like. And I know that many of our listeners may have at some point started a new job. So I want you to think back to when you started a new job. When you start a new job, I don't even care if it's a field you're familiar with. You're in a new place. You're in a new location. You're uh, maybe got some different tasks. And suddenly it feels like everybody around you knows what you're, they're doing, but you everybody knows the language. Everybody knows the culture. They know how to back up the system. They know how to do these tests, whatever it might be. And it feels like everybody knows what they're doing, but you. And in homeschooling, I think a lot of times it feels that way. We get started and we think that lady up there on the screen, she's been doing this for X number of years. She must, let me tell you, after 17 kids, I've almost got algebra one down pat. So, (laughs) you know, a lot of these things feel so strange and so overwhelming and so scary and what are learning styles and what's charlotte mason and what's a unit study and what's relaxed homeschooling and I don't know what any of this means how do i know i'm going to mess up my kids but you know after you start a new job you get doing the best you can getting acclimated to everything and after a few weeks you kind of suddenly realize oh, i didn't have to ask for help I checked that customer out all by myself, or I did this all by myself. And it's going to be the same way with homeschooling. That day I sat in my kitchen floor and cried. I thought, what have I gotten myself into? I'm going to be doing this till 10 o'clock every night because I don't know how I'm going to get this done. But, you know, we got into a rhythm. And within a few weeks, I just couldn't imagine having done anything any differently. And we Mm -hmm. never looked back. So I just want to encourage you. It's scary right now. But it will feel more natural very, very soon. So I just want to encourage you with that. But the first thing thing you've all been doing, and you're doing it right now watching, is to research homeschooling as the best you can. Uh, Know your state's laws. What are you going to need to comply with? Uh, Does your state have a homeschool law? If you're not sure uh, what the law is, there are a lot of resources for you. Hopefully I'm allowed to mention HSLDA.org has uh, information on all of the state laws for you so you can check that out. And the next thing I always suggest then, after you've done a lot of research, reading, Dorenda's book is amazing. I buy extra copies. I'm I'm not saying this just because I'm on with her today. I've stocked up on copies. I give them out to people because it's such a great read, regardless of what type of educator you think you're going to be, what kind of homeschooling situation you want to have. It's a great foundation for you so it took me yes, an hour yes. to read it like my while my banana bread baked i read the whole book it's, it's not <laughs> overwhelming it's not overwhelming so um grab the book well, can, can i you just interject know, here um when you, talk, you talk, talk about,
0: about um, um researching, researching homeschooling. homeschooling okay now, okay, I'm, now getting I'm getting, getting back. Back. i don't know why sorry guys little technical glitch Okay, it's sounding better now. Yeah, maybe that would be better. (laughs) I think we're both going to look like we're both going to look like pilots. All right, we've got our headsets on. We are ready to fly here. Okay, (laughs) great. When you when we talk about homeschooling, researching homeschooling, can I just say I did not research homeschooling when I started and I'm not saying you shouldn't. I think what your suggestion is very good because there are so many um, approaches now that have sort of been laid out beautifully for parents to be able to look at. But what I really want to keep moms from doing and parents from doing is getting Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. What I would say, my suggestion to you is obviously pray first and then approach it with your mom heart. Think about being a mom first. Yes. What is your heart towards your children? And that will give you, I mean, even your parenting style will say something about what kind of homeschooling method you're probably going to want to take because it doesn't have to just be a good fit for your kids. It's got to be a Somewhat of a good fit for you too, yes. and for me, I was—I'm very relational, very conversational. So that was a huge part of the way that I taught my kids. They got overwhelmed with textbooks, so did I. So we rarely had anything thick big textbooks that we dealt with we kept things a lot slimmer uh, more streamlined simpler and we had lots of conversations and we would maybe research different ways but um, my point is listen to your mom heart if you're looking at stuff and you're going oh my goodness i don't then maybe back away from that um yeah you know and just maybe take and and start out slowly and i think we're going to probably be talking about this but just take that, uh, the approach. I always tell moms, be mom first and teacher yes. second.
1: Yes. Try Don't, don't try to be something you're not. And that's part of the, re- I'm sorry. I can't hear anything now. So, um, that's part of the research that, uh, it's not necessarily sitting down, reading a bunch of books. I can't hear yes. myself. So if I'm yelling at you, I'm sorry. Um, no, you're fine. It's, it's not about reading a bunch of books on the topic. Just what you said. If you're following a couple different bloggers and you pick up a few different things here or there, there's probably going to be something that resonates with you. You'll read somebody's blog and you'll think, oh, that's what I want for my family. And you'll look at somebody else's and it may be fabulous. And you'll think, oh my goodness, I could never do that. You're probably not supposed to. And that helps you narrow down. So you can have a little bit of an idea of What would I like this to look like? So that research isn't necessarily a let's sit down and make a plan right off the bat. It's a let me get a sense of what's what kinds of things are out there and what do I want this to look like in my family. And and I, I say that because catching the vision is a huge part of homeschooling. Why you homeschool will impact how you homeschool. But I also find that many people don't get the vision for homeschooling till after they've done some of that research.
0: Yes, that makes perfect sense.
1: As they start doing some of that reading, they get a vision for what this can look like. You know, I, in my job, a lot of times I'll spend an hour on the phone with a family and at the end of the conversation, the mom suddenly says, now I see what this can be because mm-hmm. she didn't know what some of our options were. So I think that's my reason for the, Absolutely. for the, the research part. But um, uh, I don't know if you want to go into any more on the vision part. Yeah. There's just, no. And I think,
0: uh, well, I think one thing I would also want to do, I mean, I think, I think as moms, we tend to sort of like take the whole thing on and we may not include our husbands in that process. And, I know my husband has um, really good perspective on, um, you know, sometimes I don't even know things about myself that he recognizes are important and need to play a role in how I'm going to carry something out. And so, including him in that and pray, you know, praying with him for a vision for both of you to be able to see um, what is it we want for our kids. You know, and at the end of the day, at the end of this journey of parenting and educating them, and what do what kind of people do we want to raise? You know, right. and so those are, those are things we need to just keep in mind. So. So yes, definitely catching attention is so important.
1: That's right. And usually what most people want to know right off the bat is um, they want to come up with some kind of plan. They feel like you know they've seen everybody else and they know what school has looked like before. And as Dorenda has mentioned, I think earlier, we're not looking to recreate school at home. We want to do as much as possible to develop a lifestyle of learning. We want to have what Renee and Mike Moseman would call it. They wrote a book called The Smarter Preschooler. And I know that's a preschool topic, but this is to me applicable to all of us, especially the elementary years, to have an intellectually stimulating environment, not an intellectually demanding environment. But we still want that to be challenging and stimulating. So um, having some kind of plan. And I know many of you who are listening have more than one child. And your first thought is, oh my goodness, how do I do this with one child much less three or four kids. So I would, as she's mentioned to you, we, we think so much alike. As, as she's mentioned to you, you're a family first. Education is still going to happen in the context of family. So as your, um, if nobody told you when your child turned five or six or seven, whatever your state law is, but if, when your child turned five, that he had to go to school, what would you be doing with him? because you homeschooled him all along. You were already homeschooling him. And then suddenly he turned five and life changed. So think about um, what your kids are interested in. What do they like to do? If they're outdoorsy, adventurous, boisterous kids sitting down at a desk or a computer for even an hour or two a day, maybe just really overwhelming for them. Mm -hmm. And, um, there are a lot of ways for you to work with who your family is. Um, had a family, had a family once uh, mom called me and she finished her first year of homeschooling and she said, I hated this. And I said, well, what was it that you hated? And she I don't want to discourage anybody. She said, she said, I felt like I spent the whole day finishing off all the things we had to do checking off little boxes so that we could then do what we wanted to do. And I said, Mm -hmm. what was it? What was it that you wanted to do? She said, I want to take my kids on field trips and I want to go exploring and we want to do art and we want to do music. I said, that's your homeschooling. You Mm -hmm. need to do as much as you get rid of that other stuff and let's find ways. I'm not saying you never do anything that you don't love or something, but as much as possible, you should enjoy this. Absolutely. Won't Absolutely. Always, you won't always enjoy it. But right. if it's if it's a chore for you every single day to do this, let's find ways to help you work with who your family is. Absolutely. I totally agree. I always feel like
0: if if homeschooling is 80% enjoyable and 20% work, that's a great ratio, you You know, because you're always going to run into some things that are just, you got to push through. That's right. That's right. You said you, I look back at our, our homeschooling journey and I am so grateful because I feel like my kids have great memories they have they all are super thankful as adults that they had a childhood that they got to do things that most other kids didn't get to do because I gave them time and space and yes we had some directed learning in the morning but in the afternoon they had time and space to explore and experiment and be productive on their own and all of that has fed into um being healthy adults and that's that's really what we want and you know when you talk about catching the vision my first uh when I when I first uh sat back and thought about that um, because I knew I couldn't teach my kids everything and I knew I couldn't prepare them for something I didn't even know what they were going to be doing, you know, but no teacher could either. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I I think I can do probably a better job because I'm more invested in my kids. I love them more than anybody. And so we moved forward with that. And what I I realized was the most important things that I wanted to teach my kids were um, a love for learning. I wanted to teach them to be resourceful and I wanted to give them a strong work ethic and and with those three things, I felt like they could conquer anything, whatever they faced down the road that was new that they had to learn in order to do what they wanted to do. They could do it if they loved learning, if they knew where to find out what they wanted to know, and they had a good, strong work ethic. And those three things have really been key. And so I went back to those a lot over the years when I'd sort of get caught up in the minutiae of mm-hmm. the the details, you know, can't see the forest for the trees kind of thing. And I would think, what? Why am I doing this again <laughs> because, well, I want them to love learning and I want them to be resourceful. I want them to have a strong work ethic. Are these things that I'm so fretting about right now, actually helping with that? And, and, and I usually say, no, they're not. (laughs) Or I needed to take a little different approach with them. So absolutely. Yes, absolutely. You need to be thinking about that.
1: And it does come down to setting goals for your kids. And, uh, Um, I think I've got on the website, I've got a goals sheet for people. But, um, you know, the Bible tells us that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So we took those four areas and we just set one or two goals a year for our kids in those areas. And uh, so I know that most of you are probably thinking today about the academics. Um, We looked at um, what the state wanted our kids, what the world would say would be what the kids would want to learn and hopefully I'm still here. You're, here you go. Still I there. keep going black. Yeah. My Everything's <laughs> going black. So we're good.
0: Um, you're not, you're not blanking out at all here. So we're good. Okay. Good. Good. I'm just keep
1: talking. So, um, uh, but we look at what the world wants us to know. And that's, there are always, you can find scope and sequence guidelines or checklists. I have an article on my, on my, uh, a blog post up on uh, what should I be teaching my child. It doesn't tell you literally what to teach, but it tells you how you can decide for your family What is a good fit for what you want to cover with your kids? And something that's helpful for a lot of parents is a basic skills checklist or scope and sequence type of checklist that's not overwhelming, it's not nitpicky, doesn't tell you which books to read, but it tells you which concepts that the typical student might cover at various grade levels in various subject matter. doesn't mean you have to do that. But for parents who are panicked that their kids are going to miss something if they don't sit down with textbooks all day, it can be helpful to see he needs to learn how to add two-digit numbers. We can do that right. with a textbook, or he can do it with M and M's, or right. you know, we can learn fractions by cooking or whatever right. it might be. So the key is knowing what the concept is that you'd like them to learn, and then you get to decide how you want to cover that. But Absolutely. as you look at as you look at those um, math and language arts are skills subjects, so our kids are generally going to be learning. Uh, at their own level in those subject areas, because they're fairly sequential. One concept builds on the previous concept. But for the other subjects, social studies, science, history, uh, art, music, those subjects, um, then a lot of those things are just content-based. And it doesn't really matter what order you do them, as long as at some point, if you decide that they're important, um, at some point you cover them. So I suggest if you've got multiple kids, have some way to cover their math and language skills at their specific skill levels. But then for those other subjects, pick what you want the oldest kiddo to be doing, and then everybody does it. And so what I like to say is you teach to the level of the oldest child. And you include everybody else and these other little kiddos, they're going to ride the mental bus to their own mental bus stop and then they'll hop off the bus. So.
0: (laughs) So you may have to say,
1: go ahead and go play. That's right. It's OK. It's amazing what they
0: absorb, though. Yes. Even when you think they're not listening or they're hanging out in the other room. I've been amazed. Um, I remember our youngest would hang out while his high school age brothers, and he was like maybe seven or eight, where his high school age brothers would be doing their biology um, DVDs. And he would sit at the dinner table and literally verbatim tell us what was learned, yeah. in that lesson and it was a high school level. I mean it was it was crazy. So so if you have several children I can tell you that your job with the younger ones is actually easier That's because right. they absorb down. so much and the older kids often will teach them along the way just naturally. With You know and this is my family life is so awesome for That's homeschooling right. because we have all these different ages but they all interact and I to me it's like one of the healthiest environments for kids to learn. They're socializing with all different age levels. They're having to learn to navigate relationships and temperaments and all within the home, which we know is a lot more, um, a uh, condensed version of real right. life, and and so you know there's so there's just so many great things that happen just in practical everyday life. You know, for our family, just keeping the house from falling down around us was you know that was a major thing every day with ten of us yeah. living in a house, right? Yeah. And so um, so much of their learning involved um, doing chores and having responsibilities and making sure that you know meals got on the table and cleaned up, and you know, so that was a big part of our. Our kids' education. So it's so much broader than we typically think.
1: Yeah, and they get to use all that. I mean, when when they're lobbying you for more allowance, they're using their persuasive skills. You know, tell them, go right. write me, go write me a little essay on that. Why you think I should get more allowance? A, a persuasive I want three paper. points. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Double spaced. That's but, right. Uh, but, you know, when you have your kids, everything you do at home can be educational in some way, whether it's character building or or uh, stretching them intellectually, whatever it might be. Um, When your younger kids are helping you set the table, that's one-to-one correspondence, which is a math skill. When they're working puzzles, that's a pre-reading skill. It's visual discrimination. It's a pre-reading skill. Um, If they can't tell the difference between the fact that the puzzle piece has a bump this way and a bump the other way on the other one, they're not gonna be able to tell the difference between a P and a B and a Q and a G and all of those letters. Um, When your kids are helping you organize the pantry or they're sorting the matchbox cars from the Legos or whatever it might be. They're using classification and organization and sorting. Those are math and language and science skills. So they're reinforcing their learning. That's right. Uh, They're constantly conversing with you and just, um, and for your really younger kids, their play is their learning. So what you're doing with your younger kids is instead of sitting down doing school work um, what I recommend for the younger kids is giving them lots of hands-on experiential learning lots of experiences what you're doing there is you're helping them build lots of hooks in their brain to hang their future learning on because Mm -hmm. they don't they don't have that adult context they're still building a framework for everything else to hang on later on so what what looks like goofing off what looks like playing is learning so I
0: love that. I love that. I think of it sort of as like Velcro. (laughs) Yeah, or creating these different networks. Uh um, And there are all these different lines and networks. And then all of a sudden, as they get older and they get into higher learning, um, the dots start to connect. When their brains are more developed, they start connecting the dots between all of those little connectors
1: that we have allowed and encouraged to grow in those younger Mm -hmm. years. If you ever get to listen to Jan Bedell, pitch somebody else here Uh, if you ever get to listen to Jan Bedell at Little Giant Steps she talks about I got to listen to her one day talk about um, infants and toddlers and the connections in their brains and it was just amazing to see we just think of them as being born with these little brains but it's constant constant like you said little connections being built it's just phenomenal just from you talking to them and moving and doing things so anyway there's so much going on in their little brains. And we don't have to sit down with a textbook to do that. No, no, and
0: I think this is this is the beauty of the nurturing nature of a mom. Mm -hmm. She has all of those things in her to do naturally with her kids, as she loves them and cares for them and pays attention to them. And you know, I always liken homeschooling and parenting is so much like gardening. You know, you just—I go out every day to my garden to check on my plants. I can waylay a lot of big problems if I'm just out there and I know what's going on with each plant every single day. I'm making Mm -hmm. sure it's got enough water. I'm picking any bugs. Often, um, you know, and then there's other times I need to step back and look at my garden. For, uh, you know, I my I live upstairs and my garden is down. You know, obviously on the ground, and so I. But from my sunroom, I can look down, and that. That step back perspective, what I realized there were birds getting into my garden and trying to eat stuff. And I wouldn't have known that if I was out there because they won't fly into the garden when I'm there. So you've got to do both, that stepping back, but also that getting in there and being a student of your child and knowing where they're at each day, not just educationally, but um, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, you know, we're tuned into them. and, And that's the beauty of homeschooling is it can be such a nurturing process and not just all this cognitive stuff um, that gets really intimidating really fast. (laughs) But instead we can just kind of listen to this mom instinct that God puts in us for our kids. Now I
1: do know, and we know this is all just in our hearts right now, but I also remember when I started out and when I started out, I was panicked that I wasn't going to cover what I needed to cover, and it helped me to have a little bit of st- some, a little bit of structure, a little bit of framework, yep. a little bit of, I yes. had no idea what I was doing. So having something to begin with that I could morph out of later on. Yes. That's exactly helpful.
0: what I did. I just yeah. I started out with a couple of um, workbooks cuz then I just at least I knew that they were doing something every day and they were making some sort of progress every day in the basic stuff. And I that's exactly how I did it too. Just started out simple and like you said things just morph from there. Yeah. And you know the kids have their own ideas sometimes about things they want to do and that's so right. there was room for that, but there was also this directed learning time that I felt like um Okay, we're we're making progress, you know, we're, right. we're just a little bit, uh, to me, homeschooling is so much more about plotting, just being consistent, mm-hmm. keeping your hand to the plow and just, you're looking for progress, not perfection that's one thing I had to keep telling myself <laughs> that's
1: true that's true just keep on going and I know uh, it's gonna vary depending upon the ages of some of our listeners here today but um, let's can we talk about curriculum for just a little bit because that's usually what people the first thing they want to know is curriculum and keep in mind cu- curriculum is just not about the books the right. word curriculum comes from the French word career which is um, which is uh, your path your course your direction so we're really just looking at um, the tools you're going to use to accomplish your goals, to, to get where you want to go from here to there. Now, the first thing people usually want to know is, um, you know, I need help buying materials. And so I so you're really looking for directions. You're looking for a GPS or something. Um, I'm horribly geographically challenged. So it was a big joke in my house about having directions and maps. I, I have four GPSs and a nav system. so. I'm really bad. So I like to use the analogy of going on a road trip. Because in the natural, I'm often lost and (laughs) really physically lost. And it was very easy for me to be emotionally or intellectually lost when it came to homeschooling. So I don't want that to happen to you guys. So if I were to call Dorenda and say, Dorenda, I need help. I'm so lost. I need directions you'd probably want to know two things. You probably want to know what probably want to know where are you and where are you trying to go? So it's the same thing with homeschooling, right? If you've pulled a child out of a conventional school situation, you're going to want to know where is he right now? And where is realistic for us to get by the end of the year? What are our goals? So I, we can't help you. I mean, my job at HSLDA is to help families choose curriculum. And so, um, I can do that better if we have an idea of where you are. So some kind of placement test or assessment Mm -hmm. or evaluation or that scope and sequence checklist can give you an idea of where your student is academically right now. And that can give you an idea of what's realistic to expect by the end of the year. And then you can go from there. So as you're looking at, you're going to see tons and tons of options. They didn't have these when we started homeschooling, but now there's tons. And so you may choose to go with a package of material where somebody's already put it together for you. It may all be one publisher, or it may be somebody who's curated material from different publishers and said, I think this would be a good fit for the typical third grader, fourth grader, whatever. You may want to do something more eclectic. You may want to put things together yourself. You may say, you know what? He is a fabulous reader and he's a great writer. Not so strong at math right now. And you may vary some things there. I like to think of it as the difference between going to a restaurant and getting the combo platter or ordering a la carte. Or for those of you who bake, you know, we're all baking right now during the quarantine, I think. Um, It's the difference between somebody who wants to. Buy a cake mix. It's the package people. Buy a cake mix. Nothing wrong with that. I'm going to buy a cake mix. The ingredients are put together, and all I got to do is bake the cake. That's right. That's your package. Or some of you just want to do it all from scratch. Some of you are, you know, we're grinding the wheat ourselves. We're putting the stuff together ourselves. We're making the cake. We're bringing all the ingredients in together ourselves. Same kind of thing. Now, um, some of you may actually um, just assume. Uh, have somebody else bake the cake for you um, and and that may be an option you may be working right now you may find it really a s- struggle to be homeschooling your kids and doing some other things you need to get done so you may find that right now in this season getting started an online class as as much as we like things to be flexible and and home-based for some of us reality is that bringing in at least maybe this Core subjects of the skill subjects of science of uh, math and language may be better for you online right now or a tutor. So absolutely you've got to do what works for you. yeah. Family. And you know the thing
0: is it's it's what is working for you in this season. I mm-hmm. think that's so important, Gene. I mean, you can reevaluate again yep. next school year. Um, you know, just you just you can reevaluate periodically. But think about. Uh, the way that you can do it—that's doable yes. for you. That's doable for your kids. Um, don't overburden yourself. I love this, Vicky. It's so good because sometimes we do. We have to start out with the the boxed cake mix, and you know what? That's okay. You start there, and then once you, you start got a cake to, out of that, <laughs> yeah, you got a cake, right? You got what you wanted. But then later on, you might go, you know, I think I'm going to try that's some right. of this on my own. I want to, I want to try to put these ingredients together myself because I think I, I think I can do it. And then you just, you give it a try. I feel I always feel like homeschooling is a little bit of an ongoing experiment, you yes. know? Because yes. we it's exciting. I, to me that's the adventure of it. It's like try something new. And I was if I could think of it as just an experiment and not feel like I was completely committed no matter what, you know, once I started. But I look at it and go, I'm gonna experiment. And if it doesn't work, that's okay. We'll go back to what we were doing before. So right. there's just so many different ways you can do it that that keep things. The main thing I think is to keep as much stress out of it as possible yes. and to make it so make it that doable. it's something, yeah, doable and something enjoyable for you and your kids where you can be um, just continuing to have a good relationship with your kids. Cause that's I think right. that's really a, a big part of homeschooling. That's that huge.
1: That's huge. You know, if your kids, if your kids graduate from high school and you know they've taken calculus and five years of a foreign language and you know, they're, running circles around everybody else and you have a horrible relationship. That's not what you're looking for. That's so. not. No,
0: that's not. Now, um, did you have more you want to say about the curriculum? No,
1: no, okay. I, I, we're good. I was just going to talk about making a transition, but you're good. Go ahead. Okay, oh. well, I just
0: there was one point the establishing a routine because I think okay. when we're starting out, don't you think that's a that's an important thing to recognize how important some consistency is um, yes. in our daily life because you got start with a plan um, and then establish a routine and choose curriculum so um establishing that routine i I am a routine person, but I like Routine. I like flexibility within my routine. I learned that about myself early on that I could not schedule to the half hour without driving myself and everybody else crazy. So um, I learned that I needed to get A, B, C, and D done in the morning. Yes. By lunchtime. That was my
1: goal. and, and then not the mean afternoon. to skip that. I'm sorry. I, 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 <laughs> no, moved, it's fine. I moved it to another place on my notes. I'm sorry. Oh, that's so, no, not no a problem. Are, I thought exactly I was going right. to, I was thinking to myself, should we skip it? Oh no, this no. is very important. <laughs> I could talk for the whole hour on the routine part. So I tried to put it at the end so I could see how much time I would have left, but we're good. Now, you are right. so right. Because you know, what I found, Dorenda, is, I keep leaning on this little button, I found that people don't quit homeschooling because they can't find the right math book or the right language arts book or the right curriculum. They quit homeschooling because the laundry is up to here and dad's eating frosted flakes for the fourth night in a row out of a bowl he washed himself after he made a path to the kitchen. And (laughs) and mom's trying to do math, and language, and social studies, and science, and laundry, and cooking, and the baby's crying, and you know, the kids are sick, whatever, and you just feel like something's got to go. I can't do all of this. Yes. And so the natural thing to let go of is the homeschooling. So we want to do what we can to help you stay in at least survival mode, but hopefully, hopefully better than that. Um, exactly. I do like four hours of workshops on time management and things like that, so this is like mm-hmm. the really nutshell version. but start with something little. First of all, as far as the homeschooling goes, we do a different uh, workshop on uh, juggling life and lesson plans. And we make these analogies with juggling. But so I'll just bring in the one point is that when a juggler learns to juggle, you've seen the juggling act and he's throwing, you know, five things up in the air and some of them are on fire or whatever. And you think, wow, when you look (laughs) at, you new homeschool moms look at the veteran homeschool moms and you see them juggling five flaming things in the air and you think wow that's what i'm supposed to do and i'm here to tell you that's not how that juggler started that juggler started with a ball up Mm -hmm. down up down up down until he could throw it up in the air and catch it without looking too hard at it and then he added another one so don't have unrealistic expectations of yourself Be realistic. If all you can do is start with your meals for a routine. And, you know, Dorenda and I are not talking about having some schedule that you ding a bell to go from subject to subject or task to task. It's just having a pattern, having a routine, having a rhythm to your day. Mm -hmm. So the kids know Mm -hmm. what to expect because kids find security in routine and we moms find liberty in not having to think about every single thing that has to be done. That's right. That's right.
0: And I think, you know, again, I'm going to chime in on chores because like I said before, Mm -hmm. there was a lot to do with 10 people in the house. And for me, I knew myself. I needed some order. And so we would have a couple of pickup times during the day where it was Mm -hmm. just, we just go from room to room and we would tidy every room and not every mom needs to do that, but I knew I needed it. And so that's how we did. That was part of our homeschooling day. It was part of our rhythm. So Mm -hmm. make those things that are, um, are important to you that help you keep, um, a healthy healthy mental state <laughs> and emotional state right. um, and work that into the routine. And the thing is, our kids learn from all of that. So mm-hmm. don't think that's
1: not part of their education
0: because it, it very right.
1: much. is. That's right. Very Look at what's going to distract you. Like Dorenda said, whatever's going to distract you. I mean, if, if you get up in the morning and the kids eat breakfast and then you think, oh my goodness, we have to start math, but the dishes are dirty and there's no telling what the has been dropped on the floor that the baby is going to eat. And I can feel that the beds aren't made. It's okay to take 20 minutes at the beginning of your day to get things situated. We call that home management training. Yes,
0: absolutely, and, absolutely. Which is part of
1: home ec, which yep. is part of family living, which is part of homeschooling. So That's now right. if, it's, if right. it's starting to take you two hours every morning to do that, give us a call and we'll work on it. But, yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I share
0: um, in my book, The Unhurried Homeschooler, I share a sort of a brief, simple um, version of what our family routine was, because mm-hmm. some people, some people, you just need to sometimes see it, yes. you know, like, oh, okay, so they did it in this order. Oh, that makes sense. And, yeah. you know, then all of a sudden you can start to formulate a, a flow of what needs to happen every day and yes. um, pretty soon like you said you find yourself in a rhythm and you know something will come along and upset it but as long as you know what your 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 plan a is or your what do you call that your base plan that you go back to and you build again from there because you know inevitably something comes along it may never
1: really happen but you had a plan so exactly (laughs) and you know what if if most of it
0: gets done that's That's better than what we were doing
1: before right (laughs) we i have some things on my website just like that i have um there's an article called a day in our homeschool from when my kids were in high school and junior high school but that's why um I don't want to sound like a sales pitch, but I know that there are tools that can be helpful. So um, for my family, we end up developing because I tried a bunch of different things. We developed the everyday family chore system. And so it's a it's a card system that helps me train the kids uh, kind of a little bit methodically or intentionally, I guess I should say is probably a better word. Um, But it was just really helpful for us. And it made me not the bad guy anymore because the card was the bad guy. I wasn't the bad guy. (laughs) So. Uh, so I, I have it. some, I, I have it. some, some free, you know, some free, you don't have to buy the book. There's some free blog posts on my website about getting your kids to help at home. So that may right. be. Right. And so I people, will, we'll include those happy. links in the podcast notes. So if you go to my website
0: and go to this podcast, when it's published, it'll probably be published tomorrow. We'll share all of that there. So you can
1: go and find all those ways to connect with Vicki. So, all but, right. But like, so but but like you said, life is messy, you know, you're a family first and right. you know if, if your kids were now right now they've been home but if your kids have been in school um, and there goes my black screen again if your kids have been in school they're gone and you're clean up the house or everybody is gone and the house isn't getting messy and now suddenly everybody is living here all day long when do I clean it they're messing it up behind me right. and there's a little meme I saw once it said um, Cleaning your house while your kids are at home is like brushing your teeth while you're eating Oreos. It's <laughs> never going to happen. So you just got to do the best you can and realize this is probably not the season of your life that your house is going to be in a magazine someplace. No, uh, exactly. But the flip side is you can have times <laughs> in the day where things are in
0: order and right. uh, one other thing that I did well, was I made it make pick our, up yeah. Yeah, our master bedroom was orderly. It, I video. needed a room that I could go to, <laughs> if nothing else. Some <laughs> so place that's, to that's go. The, yep. That's one of the ways that I dealt with it. Some so yeah, awesome. but I love it. But it, It's okay. so
1: important to have that routine. And like I said, I just wanted to put as much of my life on autopilot as I could, because I knew right. there were going to be other things happening all day long that I was going to have to make decisions about. And so if I could take as much of that off my plate as possible, because it was pre-decided for me um, that I had already decided that that was really helpful. So, right. And sometimes it takes, I mean, I
0: think you, I know you're going to go into talking about the transition. And so this sort yes. of ties into that. Um, sometimes as if you're taking your kids out of school and they've been in school and you're, you're, you're changing up your entire life now and deciding to homeschool um, part of that transition can be spending a couple of weeks just on the, chores
1: mm-hmm.
0: like just keeping a routine with the chores first okay. get that framework mm-hmm. sort of in place before you add that's the ball
1: the yes know, wait, exactly the is, that's exactly. the ball you're throwing up and Yeah. 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 <laughs> you'll talk about the transition a little bit um, a lot of you are taking kids out of a, a conventional school situation and so i just do want to remind us that there is a transition there it's um, i know that we look at how our lives are disrupted sometimes as adults, but we have to because re- it feels like so what's the difference? They're coming home. They get to stay home all day. You know, how hard can this be? But <laughs> it's a change for them, too. Um, yes. It's 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 uh, it's a um, academic transition, but it's also an emotional transition for them. There's a lot of upheaval in their lives. Um, they uh, they're kind of knocked off their game by all of this as well. They, you know, they don't have their friends anymore. They may have moaned and groaned about their teachers, but they don't have their teachers anymore. You know, and don't be surprised if you don't hear a lot of. Um you know, Mrs. So-and-so didn't do it that way. Or I didn't have to do that when I was in school or, you know, yeah. You know, well, exactly. Later. Well, and it's, it kind of
0: goes back to that routine, even though yes. maybe there was a lot of things they didn't like about it. It was familiar.
1: It was familiar and they find security in the familiar. And so now suddenly there's so many things in their lives they don't have control over. And sometimes the only thing they have control over is how they behave. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes they may want to exert that control in a way that shows that So don't take it personally. Just that's one thing as a parent, just try not, try not to take that personally, just love on them. They're just trying to get through this just like you are. So um, that's
0: such a good reminder because especially if you, you've never done this before, you're going to be unsure of yourself and it can be very easy to be knocked off your game by kids who (laughs) seem ungrateful and are, are clearly communicating that without realizing it, that maybe you're not capable of this it just sort of like reinforces what you're already feeling. Oh, okay, so you already thought that. that. Yes. yes, so don't <laughs> let that get a grip on you. You know, we're going to have to be the parent, get, pull up our big girl pants and, you That's know, right. and forge forward and knowing that you're doing um, what's right for your family and for your kids. And eventually this will, too, will become familiar to them and to you.
1: That's right. And and this is a great time to get reacquainted with your kids. And I know you're great parents and you've you know stayed on top of things with your kids. But the fact is they've been gone a lot of the time and mm-hmm. they may have some interests and passions and things that you maybe haven't been as familiar with. Or maybe they didn't even realize they had because they haven't had an opportunity to develop in some of those areas. So if it means just spending some time finding out what are they like? Um, one yeah, of the things I used to do an independent living class with some high schoolers. And one of the first things I had them do in the class was this was so thrilling for them. The first thing was write a paper. But I'm not grading this. I'm not marking it up with red. I just want you to write for me. What would you like your life to look like a year from now? Hmm. And what would you like your life to look like five years from now? And then we looked at some of those things and we talked about what would it take to make those things happen? What are some of the steps we would need to take so mm-hmm. so that can be really helpful Yeah I think that's so important especially
0: if you are uh, taking your kids out of school to be talking about uh, get them involved yes. get them uh, because it helps them own the That's transition right. as well. When they have a say all of a sudden in, you know, what are what are my goals? What do I really want? And even if they can't answer the question in the moment, give them some time to think about it. Say, hey, you don't have to answer these questions right now, but I want you to be thinking about, you know, is there anything you you just really have always wanted to learn about or dive into? And um, we'll make that part of what we're doing. You know, we'll we'll try to make that happen so that they get the very strong and true impression that you are on their side. That's right. And it's not you against them. It's you working together as a team to meet their goals that they have in mind um, and to give them the resources that they need to follow the things that are interesting to them. And um, so that can be a really, that can be actually a really fun process and uh, very interesting as we become more of a student of our kids. And I think that's something that I'm always telling parents is just be watching them a lot, even when they, you're not necessarily talking to them, but talk to them, ask them questions, but then just be aware of, of kind of where they're at. And, um, and it's amazing what you learn, just being a little more observant of, you know, who they are, their personality, how they respond to things, what things irritate them, what things light their fire, you know, these are all things we can learn by observation.
1: And um, I always find that very interesting. There also may be some healing that needs to happen, depending upon what your child's relationship has been like with other kids at school. Right. With you know, some kids, more kids than we care to think, um, have been in maybe bullying situations at school and some other things that haven't been really healthy. And so, I encourage you to be open to the fact that there may be some some healing that may need to happen in those areas. And so, this is That's a wonderful so- time for you to be able to to be there
0: for them. Yeah, and I think, again, that can be a really um, strong prayer point for you as you're praying through this transition is ask God to bring those things to the surface. Um, You know, I think a lot of times kids won't bring them up and they won't think to bring them up or they're just developmentally not there or they've forgotten about them, but they really are affecting them and ask God to somehow bring those to the surface. And so as maybe even negative behavior comes out. That might be God answering your prayers and and you just need to ask him for wisdom to know um, how to move forward and how to, um, you know, just work through that with your child. Yeah. So I love that, Vicki, because I do think that's very, very important. It's sort of part of the sort of what we would maybe call de-schooling, the de-schooling. process.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So.
1: All righty. Well, and like I said before, um, one of my main thoughts is always that life is messy. Yes, um,
0: it, it, it is.
1: Your- is not going to fix everything that was ever wrong with your family. It's not going to make suddenly your children be these little angels, as much as we like to think so. Um, right. You know, it's you're st- still a work in progress. So that's right. That's right. And, um, you know, I think
0: it is important to find your tribe to connect with uh, some sort of support, Um, you know, we don't have to agree on everything. Like my, none of my homeschooling friends homeschool exactly the way we do. And we're all okay with that, but we can learn from each other. And, and I think it's just important that we recognize um, that we don't have to be intimidated because someone else does something differently, you know, because I, I just, I would remember some of those moms along the way who, you know, I just felt like they were rocking homeschooling. You know, like if you just from the outside looking in, it's like, look at all that stuff they do. And and I, to even That's begin amazing. doing it was stressful to me and I had to just be okay with that. And now, you know, this many years down the road, looking back, I just, I can see so clearly that that was a good fit for our family. What we mm-hmm. did was a good fit for our family. I didn't know, you know, at the time it was, there's a bit of, there's some faith involved, some mm-hmm. trust involved in, you know, letting God speak to us and, and do doing it the way that we feel like He's leading us to do it. But I think the the key is, what breathes life into your family? So what is it that you guys do, how you live that seems to invigorate your family? Um, Because I think that's a really good clue as to how your family's wired. And then that's a good place for you to homeschool from. You know, some Mm -hmm. people are, they love being outdoors. So they do a lot of their homeschooling involves hiking and doing stuff outdoors. And maybe your tribe is going to be that type of group of people or friends who like to do the same things, but it is so important to um, connect with some sort of support. Um, do you have any
1: thoughts on that, Vicki? I think that nowadays there's so much available on Facebook. Those of you who are watching, I know you're probably on Facebook because that's how you're watching this probably, but um, uh, there are uh, clubs. If you don't want to be part of a um, a co-op or or something educational like that, there's Field trip groups. There are um, mom. We have a moms' night out group. Um, if that's just for the moms, and so uh, we have moms' night out. There's field trip groups. There's clubs. There are a lot of other things for your kids. But I just think it's really important for us um, to recognize that we still as moms in particular, we still need people. And right. you can be on Facebook, and you can write to Dorenda and me, and we'd love to chat with all of you all, and you'll see each other on Facebook. But that doesn't substitute for the face-to-face. That That's doesn't right. substitute for who can you call up on the telephone to come over and help you when life is happening. I mean, last week, Uh, a basement wall flooded and it actually flooded under the flooring. So I'm old. I'm not down there pulling up flooring and ripping out walls. I got on with my homeschool support group and I said, I need help. And within 30 minutes, I had um, a couple from our support group and a dad from our support group who were over here tearing out the flooring, cutting out the walls, tearing out insulation, arranging for a truck to haul it all off. Anyway, I'm kidding. But the fact is there are going to be days that you just need that interaction. Right. Um, and so, right. Um, you know, the person to bring you the meal uh, the, and somebody who understands, you know, there are going to be days that you say, why am I doing this? Right. And there are people in your lives who are very close to you who would be happy to say, That's what you get for homeschooling. If you just put them That's back right. in school, you wouldn't have mm-hmm. this problem. And you don't need that. You need the mom who homeschools totally differently than you do, who right. disciplines her kids totally differently than you do, but understands what you're going through who will that's come right. alongside you and hold your arms up like, that's uh, right. Like, like Moses Aaron and her with it. Yes. With,
0: yes. Moses. Aaron. Yes. Oh yeah. I I love that. I love that. It's so true. And you know, um, you know, I just, I love, I love encouraging moms and um, this is part of the reason I do what I do, you know, is I just, um, my heart resonates with the mom out there who just wants to raise um, good kids, godly kids and uh, just wants to do right by her family and so that's, you know, that's why I do what I do. That's why I have the podcast that I have and um, it's loaded with encouragement. If you haven't gone and listened to it, it's the Dorinda Wilson podcast which you can find at my website, DorindaWilson.com along with other encouraging articles. or you can listen to it at iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube. I talk about dealing with anxiety, homeschooling boys, essentials in early education, redefining education, nurturing sibling relationships, all kinds of stuff. And now we're gonna have this wonderful podcast on there as well. I'm so thankful, Vicki, thank you for being here with Shoot. us. And um, I will, I will uh, like I said, I will include all the contact information for you and a lot of the things you mentioned um, in the podcast notes. Um, if you're not following me uh, right here, you can follow me on Facebook. Dorenda Wilson is the page, um, and I'm also at Dorenda Lee Wilson I'm on Instagram. Uh, I've been sharing some garden clips. I have realized how many things, uh, how many parallels there are between a garden, gardening, and uh parenting and homeschooling. So I'm kind of sharing like a maybe five to eight minute clip on Instagram and Facebook every week on that, but I, I share lots of other things as well. So if you've been listening, you've been encouraged, would you share this particular um, message, either the video uh, from the Facebook page, that's gonna it's going to go up as soon as we're done here, um, or from the podcast, share it with anyone that you think um, might be interested in homeschooling, thinking about it, considering it, starting it maybe even needs is doing it and needs a, a word of encouragement and a reminder of why they're doing what they're doing, right. <laughs> we would love that. So we are grateful you were all here with us today. Vicki, thank you for sharing your expertise and um, just the, I love the way you share. It's just not overwhelming. You give great word pictures. Um, it, it's, it's just so understandable and doable thank for you. moms and we just appreciate that. So um, we're going to go I ahead. Ah, (laughs) we're going to go ahead and close in a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for this time together. Thank you for every mom who's listening. God, I pray that you would speak to each the heart of each mom, that you would give her a vision for what you have for her kids and a way to walk out. just the journey that you want her to walk out with her kids, Lord. We know that raising kids um, is a a blessing. Children are a blessing. It's a privilege to raise them. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity um, to homeschool or possibly homeschool. And we just pray for your blessing on every mom who's listening, Lord, that she would uh, feel encouraged, inspired, and equipped to move forward with what you are calling her to do. In Jesus' name, amen.